Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Yo, yo, what up, Epiph? It is so good to be gathered with God's people. It is Psalm 103 that says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. When the worship team was singing, I am in awe of you. I don't know about you, but that was filling up uh, my soul because the reality is the longer you walk with Jesus, the more awe we should have of him. He should never be common. He, he should never just be the thing we do on Sundays. But I am in awe of the Lord. Do me a favor. Just let somebody know that we're live. Also, if you haven't greeted each other, which I, I think you have for the last 30 seconds, greet somebody. If you see somebody's name that you don't know in the chat room, just greet them and uh, let them know that we are excited that they are here and hanging out with us today. Uh, God has given us another day. I mean, we, we should praise God for that and that alone. He's given us a chance to fix what we messed up yesterday. He's given us another chance to bring him glory, another chance to represent him, another chance to be salt and light in the world. And I certainly do not take that for granted. Uh, well, I'm eager to preach the word of God and, and we got a lot to do. So let's get right to it. Grab your Bibles and get to Isaiah chapter 43. We are back in the Old Testament. Uh, you probably noted that I did not say Romans today. We are deviating from our regular scheduled program. Uh, typically, we are going through the book of Romans right now, but we are making a little bit of a detour because it is Vision Sunday. Somebody in the room, just make some noise for Vision Sunday. Uh, Vision Sunday is something that we do, uh, honestly, since the inception of our church. Since we started the church, we were uh, doing this thing called Vision Sunday, which really gives us the opportunity once a year, typically in January, uh, once a year on a Sunday, we really cast vision for the year that's ahead of us. We also get to look back at the previous year and look at some areas that we feel like we've done well in, areas that we feel like we need to continue to grow in. And so that's my hope uh, is to anticipate what God is doing in 2021, uh, but simultaneously going back and looking in retrospect at 2020 as a church. Uh, so I'm going to dig in and do that. But before we get into like the vision portion, it'll be a little different today. I am going to uh, take over the screen and we'll kind of split the screen and I'll go through some uh, a little bit of a presentation. Uh, but before we do that, I am a gospel preacher. And so I am convicted to make sure that we lay a foundation in the word. And so Isaiah 43 will serve as our um, our foundational text this morning. Uh, let me let me jump right in. This is going to sound familiar because I've been quoting it. The, it's been in my heart. I've been quoting it the last few uh, few weeks. It says here in verse 18. It says, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of a whole, of old. Behold, I am doing something new. Somebody just say something new. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I will give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. I want to preach uh, honestly from the topic Vision Sunday 2021, but I want to zoom in on, Z on Isaiah 43. Let's look to the Lord before we dig in. 
Uh, Father, I do echo the words of Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, people perish. And so, Father, we need to hear from you today as we dig into your word, as we talk about 2020, as we talk about the year that we are currently in, we need you. And so, Father, would you move upon our hearts now? I'm just like, I am blown away that we can be in this space and you're here. We feel you. We know you're here. But someone that's at home, that's laying in their bed or walking around the living room or maybe they're out and they're on the train or wherever, if they can get some reception in the train, wherever they are, your spirit is everywhere. This is what David says. If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, even there, you are there. Where can I go from your presence? The answer is nowhere because you are omnipresent. So Father, would you help us to experience you today in a very tangible way? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Vision Sunday 2021. Uh, I grew up in church. Uh, I I think I've shared this, my testimony with you guys uh, a lot. I had a unique love for the scriptures, even though I wouldn't have classified myself as a believer uh, when I was growing up. I just went to church all the time. My mother played piano for most of the churches we were a part of. Uh, My father was in the military, so we bounced a bit. But everywhere we went, he found himself on the ministerial staff. And um, man, I I just had a love for scripture that didn't fully understand everything. It was just the stories of the Bible were very intriguing. And even as a teenager, when I I got a little bit older, I wasn't, I mean, in some aspects, I guess I was a a typical teenager, but in some ways I wasn't. For, for, For example, I loved football. I played football. I loved socializing. I certainly loved parties. Um... But I was still drawn, even through all of the normal teenage stuff, I was still very drawn to the scriptures. In fact, I preached my first sermon at the age of 16. Uh, It was absolutely horrendous. (laughs) It was horrific. Uh, I think uh, the the way Gordon Ramsay would say it, it was ghastly. It was absolutely horrible. In fact, I'm so excited that they did not have any type of live stream or, or podcast back then. There's no place you can find this sermon. I'm surprised that God gave me another chance to preach after that one. Like, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. I think God was in heaven probably going, Dag B, I, I got to give you one more chance to fix that. Um, and I'm, I'm glad he did. But the first time I preached at 16, the pastor of the church gave me uh, five minutes to preach. And the pastor of the church gave me the text I was going to preach. That's old school. Y'all, y'all don't know nothing about that. You're preaching next Sunday. Here's the text. Do your best. And, 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 and so when I look at the passage that is before us, this may or may not be surprising to you, but the first sermon I ever preached was the passage before us. It was Isaiah 43, verse 18, 19, and 20. Over the last few weeks, the Lord has resurfaced this verse on my heart. That's why I've been quoting it to you. It was actually our our foundational verse for Reset 2021. If you were paying attention, I kept saying, behold, God is doing something new. Don't remember the former thing. Behold, God is doing something new. But I feel drawn today to give a little bit more context before we dig into Vision Sunday. Now, ultimately, chapter 43 is uh, about the return of Israel from all corners uh, of the earth. And ultimately, what Isaiah is doing is he's presenting to Israel this idea of a divine king that will come and save everything. 
But before we can get ahead and look at vision for 2021 and before Israel can understand the future, he has to tell them to forget some things in the past. And the way he says it is, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. The Message Bible will say it this way, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. One of the issues that Israel often had was they often focused on the past and as a consequence, it hindered them from moving forward. Whenever Moses was delivering Israel out of Egypt, he was told two destinations. He said, take them out of Egypt and take them to the promised land. Don't miss this. Get them out of Egypt and to the promised land. Out of Egypt and to the promised land. He never knew about the third location that they would spend most of their years wandering, and that's the wilderness. He only knew that they were supposed to go to the promised land, but it is because of their constant looking back. And their constant complaining that they got stuck 40 years in the wilderness. If you don't know that they were constantly looking back, let me just refresh your memory. Exodus chapter 16, the Bible says that we sat around, this is what Israel said, we sat around pots of meat and ate the food, all that we wanted in Egypt. Numbers chapter 14, here's what they said. We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Numbers chapter 11, they say, remember the fish that we ate in Egypt and the cucumbers and melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Israel was constantly looking back. In fact, we're in verses 18 to 20 today, but if you just, I'm not going to preach, but if you go back to verse 16 and 17, Isaiah was simply talking about Israel being delivered out of Egypt. And it is almost as though Isaiah is saying to us this morning, Stop looking back because you are hindering your progress. Stop dwelling on the past. Stop looking at the former things. Stop looking in the rearview mirror. Don't look at past punishments nor past success. Because some of us are hindered in moving forward, not because we are dwelling on past punishment, but some of us are hindered in moving forward because we can't stop thinking about the last thing that God did and a season of success, and it's hindering us from moving forward. And so what does Isaiah say? Isaiah says, stop looking back. Would you do me a favor in the chat room and just write that? Stop looking back. And the way Isaiah says it is, remember not the former things. Yes, in 2020, you might have made some bad decisions, But the problem is not that you made the bad decisions, but that you keep rehearsing them in your mind. I wish I could have did this and I wish I could have did that. And Isaiah's like, shut up. We're in 2021. It's time to move forward. It's time to stop thinking about old things. And I'm convinced that many of us occupy most of our thoughts with things in the past or We are lusting after future seasons, and as a consequence, we're neglecting the new thing in the current season that God has on your plate. Did you know that when you got into 2021, that there is something that God wants you to do this year before the clock strikes midnight at in December? God wants you to do something new right now. And so Isaiah says, look, stop looking back at the former things. And it, stop, you don't understand that. So don't consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing something new. Let me ask you a question. Have you considered praying about the new thing that God is doing in your life? Just dwell on that for a second. Have you prayed for spiritual discernment to understand what God is calling you toward? 
Have you took time this year to say, God, what is it that you were calling you? I know you don't want me to keep doing the same thing year after year. It has to be something that you were calling me toward. In fact, verse 19, Isaiah says, do you not perceive it? I wonder how many of us have the new thing on our plate, but don't even understand that that's what God is calling to. Why? Because you're too busy looking back. So the pandemic, one of the things the pandemic has done is it's shaken up things in our life. It's shaken up old things in our life. And let me just speak for us as a church. One of the things that the pandemic has done for us as a church is it killed some things that were on life support already. I know it's done that in your life, too. One of the things the pandemic has done is it caused areas that were already a little rocky to be exposed. Is that your story? I wonder if the pandemic has rocked some things. And I wonder if. See, God is so sovereign, he's not surprised by a pandemic, but he knows how to use it to shake up everything in our life. And instead of looking back and saying, God, I wish I still was doing that, or I wish we still was able to do this, instead of doing all of the I wish I could have, I wonder if we should start looking and saying, God, what do you want me to do now, though? Well, what, what, what is, I, I know life looks crazy, and, and I know my rhythms are all off, but there is something in this season that you are calling me toward. Remember, not the former things. Neither consider the things of old. But then he goes on, and he says, behold, I am doing something new. He says, I, I'm going to make a way in the wilderness, and I'm going to make rivers in the desert. Rivers in the desert? Can we sit there for a second? What, what does that mean? That you will make rivers in the desert. You, you know what's interesting is when I think about a river being made in the desert, a desert is a dry place where there is no water. God, God basically is saying, I'm not, I'm not limited by human limitations. I can make life flow where there's deadness. And you know what's crazy it is he actually talks about it the opposite way in verse 16. In verse 16, he talks about how he made dry land in the midst of water. Talking about how he parted the Red Sea. And it's very clear that after he parts the Red Sea, Israel walks, this is the text, on dry land. In other words, he's basically saying, I'm the God that's able to do whatever miracle I want to. See, you think that you were hindered by the pandemic, but God is like, I'm not controlled by a pandemic. God don't have no mask on. God ain't socially distant in heaven right now. He is able to make rivers in the desert. Can you type in the chat room, rivers in the desert, life in dead places, fruitfulness where there is barrenness right now open doors that previously were shut what is the new thing that God is doing I I can promise you that you're probably looking in the wrong area because the new thing that God is doing typically is in the place that you thought was dead rivers in the desert life where there is deadness I can tell you this as as a church there is no greater place for us to see life in the midst of deadness like seeing a conversion. Sit with me for a second. That there's no better place for us to see dead hearts, rivers made in a desert, like seeing a dead heart come to life. 
And so ultimately what Isaiah is doing is Isaiah is pointing them toward this future savior. But let me help Epiphany Church to understand there is no vision 2021 without us understanding that the church is built on conversions. That the church is built on people meeting Jesus. That the church is built on seeing rivers of life flow through dead hearts. That that is what God is calling us toward. And that's honestly not something new with the church. That should be every church. That we don't build the church on transferred growth. That we don't say come over from that church to this church. No, we built the church on dead hearts becoming alive. That we built the church on people meet, hearing the gospel, the good news of Jesus. That I was once far off, but I've been brought near by the blood of Christ. That is what we built the church off of. And so when he says rivers in the desert for us as a church, please understand, I can't put you uh, in a presentation and show you what God is going, what, can he, what he can do in 2021 until I first say he's going to do something through dead hearts being made alive. Let me put a little bit more Bible here. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 that says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. There it is. Stop looking back. And behold, the new has come. If we're going to classify ourselves as a church, we must classify ourselves as a church that is open to people that don't know Jesus. If the church is just stuffy and and, and, and all we do is, is be Bible thumpers and, and, and we're never able to be relevant to anybody. Not that the message has to become relevant, but our methods, if you're always going to be stuffy and you're never going to share the gospel, then we're, we're, we might as well close the doors. We might as well go ahead and let the pandemic do, do what the pandemic has been doing to many businesses. Let's go ahead and shut it down. I, I'm just not interested in pastoring a church that's full of all mature believers. I'm not. That's that. We need some messiness. We 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 need we need people that don't know Jesus, which is messiness. This is why discipleship is so important. And we're going to talk about it in a second, because we need people that are mature to disciple less mature believers. And if all we have is mature believers, then are we really fulfilling the Great Commission? Are we really making disciples? Are we really really baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? And this is why cultural relevancy is so important. Don't get it twisted. The church is not about lights, cameras, and TVs. That's, That's not what the church is about. The church is about seeing rivers in the midst of a desert. Rivers in the midst of a desert. Rivers, and I'm going to keep that in your, in your mindset because really what I'm saying is life where there currently is no life. But I, I think we have to make sure that we are focused as a church. If we're going to talk about vision, we have to make sure we are focused on the centrality of the gospel. This is why every week you pipe on, I'm, I'm just not going to preach self-help. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm just not going to preach your, your best life is now. It's not. My best life is when I get to the throne of heaven, when I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ. There is, I'm not living for life now. I'm living so that I can see Jesus. I've made a profession of faith so that I can see Jesus. Well, how do we see Jesus? You were once dead in your sin and the trespasses in which you once walked following the course of this world, the principalities that, uh, that are in the air. And by nature, we were children of wrath. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, but... God, being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, made us alive. There it is, rivers. He made us alive together with Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm so tired of this 
new age progressive church where we like to get sound bites of sermons. And, 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 and we, like, we like 60 second clips of sermons. No, what we need is the reality of the gospel. And so I can't cast 2021 vision until we understand that uh, conversions and spiritual growth is what God is calling Epiphany Church to. Yeah. And that's not new. Listen, we planted the church in 2016. And in 2016, that was the same thing we were hoping to see. We were hoping to see conversions and we were hoping to see spiritual growth. Okay, so, so this is what he says. He says, do me a favor. Stop thinking about the old. Okay, get out of 2020. Let's get in 2021. Now, now, now what am I doing with, with the church? I'm making rivers in the midst of a desert. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing conversions. I, I want to see people meet Jesus. But the question becomes, well, who? Who, 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 is, who is this call for? Who, who is God calling toward himself Watch the, watch the nature of who he's calling here. It says in verse 20, the wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I will give them water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. I don't know if you picked this up, but he talks about wild beasts, jackals and ostriches, three animals that typically don't roll together. I mean, if the ostrich is rolling with the wild beast, that's probably not a good relationship. One of them get, is getting eating, eaten, and I'm sure it's not the wild beast. This is a picture of peace that was in the Garden of Eden when God had everything restored and everything was perfect. And ultimately, this is what the church should be striving for is to see unity with wild beast ostriches and uh, and jackals. This is what God is calling us toward in 2021 as a church to be a church that models unity. Wait, 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 wait. But models unity without making American Christianity central. Uh, uh, modeling unity without making whiteness as the model standard for Christianity. Modeling unity where the wild beasts and the jackals and the ostriches and the, the, the white people and the black people and Asians and Jamaican and, and, and Haitians and Democrats and Republicans and independents all can come. And as the text says, drink from Jesus. This has to be a church for all people. And I'm telling you, that's messy. I'm telling you, it looks better than it actually is. It is hard work to see all three of these animals walk in unity, all drinking. But here's the commonality that we have is Jesus. Yeah. That that's the commonality that the church has. But if you notice, he starts verse 20 by talking about how they are animals, but he ends by talking about how they're people. He starts by saying that they're wild beasts and, and that, they're, that they're jackals and ostriches, but he ends by saying... I'll give drink to my chosen people. And as a church, that is what we must be striving for is unity. But we must be striving to see the wild beasts become people, humans, pe people that are all striving to look more like Jesus. There are three things that I'm hoping to see this year. We have to stop looking in the past, stop living in yesteryears. We have to be serious about living and sharing our faith so that we can see rivers in the desert. And we have to model what unity looks like. I'm going to move us for, from, a, from, from simply just talking about scripture, but to actually get intangible about what God is calling us toward in 2021. So if y'all will give me and lend me just a few moments of your time, I'm, I'm going to just walk through 2021 vision for our church.
The mission statement of our church, as many of you know, hope y'all are rocking with me. We exist to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. That, that's been the mission of our church since we started. We believe that Jesus has a mission called the church. The church doesn't have a mission. I don't know if that makes sense. Epiphany Church doesn't have a mission. God's, uh, God has a mission and Epiphany Church is just a part of that mission. So we exist to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. Brooklyn is the city in which we are looking and hoping to see redemption. I don't know if you guys can see this. Titus chapter 2 verse 11, the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. That's been the, the, really the, the foundation of how we got our name Epiphany. Uh, epiphany comes from, uh, this word appeared comes from uh, the Greek word which, which we get our word Epiphany from. Uh, what are our core values as a church? Can you guys see that? We good? Not yet. Not yet? All right, let's, let's keep working on it. All right, what are the core values of our church? We believe in Christ-centeredness. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. That means every single week that you come in, you should hear, there it is, you should hear the gospel. You should hear about Jesus. We don't believe that Jesus is first because then he's the check off the list. We call him central, meaning he's the whole daggone list. So everything I do spews from what my belief is and my conviction toward Jesus. How I do life means what I believe about Jesus. How I do my work and my occupation, and my marriage, and my singleness, and my degree, all of it surrounds and around the centrality of Jesus Christ. We believe in community. We believe in cultural, cultural relevant ministry. I, I mentioned that just a minute ago. That, that doesn't mean that we have to make the word relevant because it's already relevant. But our methods or how we communicate it needs to be relevant and updated. And we believe in conversions. In other words, we built the church off of lost people meeting Jesus. It would be so dope if 2021, if all we saw in terms of numeric growth was conversions. Can you imagine that? Where it wasn't transferred growth. I've mentioned this before, but over 70% of church growth in America is transferred growth. Somebody leaving one church and going to another church. But I'm just believing God that in 2021, we'll see a revival where we just see people just meeting Jesus after one after another, where we run out of water because we don't have enough water to baptize people. It's just too many people that are coming to the Lord. That's my hope that that's the goal of the church is conversions. What are some highlights in 2020? Piffery wine. I don't know, man, this almost feels like forever ago. But uh, it, we, we actually did, th this picture is from a periphery wine service that we did in, uh, in January of 2020. We kicked the year off with it. And basically, we just, we just took the service and we did everything backwards. And so I preached at the top of the service and then we rolled right into worship. And I look forward to the day where we can gather and redo this uh, uh, periphery wine again. We can get rewind to a periphery wine. I don't know if you see what I did there. I'll keep moving. All right, moved completely online, completely online because of the pandemic in, in March. I don't know how many Sundays it's been. Uh, Gabe, you can just look that up and shout that number out for me. That'd be helpful. We moved completely online in March because of the pandemic. We were not able to meet. And, you know, I don't know if y'all remember, but man, back then it almost felt like we were trying to take it two weeks at a time. It was like, we'll be back in two weeks. You know, you know, give, give us a couple, and then two weeks come up, like, give us two more weeks, we'll be back. 
And, you know, we, we tried to maneuver things and tried to see if we could, be, we could meet again. But, of course, that just didn't happen. So we completely moved online. And this is just a good moment to say shout out to the tech crew. Yeah. Uh, amen. And, and shout out to Ed. I, I always give Ed love, but man, Ed helped us to completely transition ourselves online. And I, man, I don't know if you know this, but I, I really want to share this with you real quick. Here's how sovereign and wise God is. When we were meeting uh, at the beginning of the year in January, honestly, we, we had no we had no cameras. We had no we had no tech really set up. We just I mean, we strived off of having in-person services. Um, but somewhere around January, uh, Pastor Timmy and I just felt the need to invest in equipment. This is before we didn't know anything about coronavirus, but something just was, was, was really gnawing at our heart to invest in cameras, invest in lighting. And we just weren't sure why a uh, piece of us felt a little conviction around trying to invest in something that we just didn't even know why we needed to do it. But then March hit and not just March, but the week that we shut the church down was the week that we had, we outsourced, I had a crew in here literally setting up lights, setting up camera, and we went live that Sunday, not even knowing that that was going to be our last Sunday that we met until God opens up the doors again. And so we completely moved online in, in March. Because of so much racial trauma and racial tension in the country, uh, by God's grace, our church was able to lead a pray and protest and, you know, this praying protest was cross-denominational. We had Pentecostals there. We had uh, 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 folk from the uh, Nigerian church. We had uh, our, our white brothers and sisters were with us, the Baptist folk. I mean, we just literally were cross-denominational, but we also were cross-generational. We had some of our elderly statesmen that were there and stateswomen, and we had politicians that were there. And this was just a, a great time of us getting together to really exercise our voice, but also do something that we knew only God could do, which was pray and ask God to do something in the midst of the racial trauma. And then we moved into the summertime. We did something called For Brooklyn. We, we, we really did this to celebrate and push local businesses. So we took four businesses. I don't know if y'all remember this, but we took four businesses in Brooklyn and we said we want to invest in those businesses. And so we drove a lot of people toward them. We invested finances into these businesses, but we also drove people uh, to those businesses. We bought gift cards and we handed them out. and We gave them out to you guys because we want you to patronize those uh, th those businesses. And so this was a great time of us gathering together. We met at Restoration Plaza. I don't know if y'all remember that, but we were underneath the tent outside and um, man, th this was amazing because we haven't seen each other in months at this point. And so uh, pe people keep asking me, can we do it again? This was a lot of logistics and a lot of money, but I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> Sunday in the park, this was a little bit more financially feasible for us. S Sunday in the park just allowed us to, to have a few moments on a Sunday after service. We all met at a couple parks and, um, and, and just met up and, and honestly just did some worship a little bit of word, but the most important part or aspect of Sunday in the Park was us gathering and seeing each other and meeting new people. You know how many people joined over the pandemic? You, you know how many people you still don't know? And so Sunday in the Park gave us the opportunity to be able to meet and exchange information and try to keep up with community. We'll talk more about community in a second. Uh, we baptized six people last year. Yeah. Amen. 
I'll be honest with you, it was a little, little difficult to do it. You know, um, we, we never wanted Epiphany Church to be Epiphany Production uh, Ministries, but we kind of turned it into that for our baptisms. I don't know if you guys have ever been to our baptism service in-house, but I mean, we, we make it a celebration. We literally, in the middle of a worship song, pause the worship song to baptize people, and then we all celebrate what God has done in their life. But we had to do this uh, with a very close, we actually staggered each person uh, throughout the day, and we had to treat the water in between each person. And if you see here, I have a mask on, and uh, just not the normal way you do baptism, but nevertheless, I celebrate the fact that God was able uh, to, 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 to bring people from darkness to life and them show that through baptism. Spread love. I, I popped this in here because we ended spread love in December. Can we thank God for generosity? God was faithful to meet us throughout the, uh, the last two years. We started spread love in 2018 and uh, in the fall of 2018, and it ran us all the way to 2020. Spread Love, for those of you who don't know, is our capital campaign specifically for a building. And I'll talk more about that for our vision for 2021. But uh, we, we, we asked you, we said, honestly, the campaign was this. You got the money we needed. Please give it. And you guys, like, generously gave. And I'll give some results on how much we collected. I talked about it a few weeks ago, but I'll give some results on how much we collected uh, but spread love is officially is officially done, but your generosity isn't. So please keep uh, keep giving toward the lordship of Jesus Christ. We hired a discipleship director. Amen. Yolanda Solomon is our discipleship director, but I, I want to be clear on on what her role looks like. So she is actually raising half of her support and she's still raising half of her support. She started raising in the fall of last year and she officially started uh, the top of January this year. And uh, I'm excited about her. She's already doing great work and, and you, keep, you guys keep an eye out for um, some of the changes we're making with how we do discipleship here. My, my heart as a pastor is to see every single person in some type of discipleship relationship. Some of you are mature enough where you should be discipling others. And some of you are at the point where you just need discipleship. And so we're setting up a good structure and some strategy for you to be able to have access to, uh, to discipleship. And I'll talk more about that in a second. But man, if you guys could pray for, your, for, for Yolanda, but also go online and support her financially. You can go on our website right now and there's a drop down link that has her name on it. And we ask that you guys would consider uh, giving to her. All right. Uh, Epiphany staff uh, gave, I guess he's still on staff. Uh, Ty, Ty, Ty is doing some part-time, uh, some part-time uh, work for us just with help, helping us implement some things. Uh, Lamique is uh, still on staff, and, and Ed, looking intensely into the camera right there, is, uh, is still running our tech stuff. So grateful for our staff. Let me just say this really quickly, Matt. I don't know if you guys realize how much work it is to run a church. I mean, it, it, you guys see Sunday morning, but what you don't know is the behind-the-scenes logistics, and you know, it, it really is synonymous with running a business in terms of the finances and make sure that people are getting served and helped and make sure that we're reaching the community and make sure that you're getting this live stream right now. I, I have no clue. If y'all said, Pastor B, can you do a live stream? I would set up my phone and be on Facebook Live. 
but we're able to do this live stream and put some real fancy stuff around it. And it's because of our staff meeting weekly and constantly serving you guys even throughout the pandemic. So shout out to all of our staff. All right. So listen, you guys did, we did a survey at the end of last year and we just asked you some, some very specific questions about reopening and, and spiritual life right now, where you guys are at, how you guys are feeling. And it, it kind of gave us a good glimpse of the church. And there were some things in here that were encouraging. There were some things in the result that as a pastor, I am like deeply uh, concerned about. And so I'll kind of go through those with you. I want to give you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, 25% of our church said that they're ready to come back now. Y'all real reckless trying to come back right now. Uh, We're going to adhere to uh, our state and, and, and local officials. Anyway. 30% said that they're not ready to come back until the entire city is open back up. I I just pulled out a few. I'm not giving you guys all the stats we have. 90% of people uh, interested in virtual church activities are interested in uh, virtual church activities beyond Sunday gatherings. So Bible studies and small groups. This is actually something that we need to beef up for this year. Uh, I think the pandemic really hit us hard and we were just trying to get focused on live stream in general. And so we did a few things that were outside of Sunday morning, but you guys are clearly asking for it. 90%. That's almost all of the church is saying Sunday morning is not enough. We need, we need more. And so we, we hear your cry and we certainly will do more uh, with Bible study, small groups, and we have some other stuff we want to uh, present to you guys throughout the year. 80% were interested in in-person activities uh, like Sunday in the park. When the weather breaks and gets a little bit warmer, uh, depending on what this new administration does, I, you know, we, again, we, we will adhere to uh, whatever the guidelines are, the COVID-19 guidelines are. But if the weather breaks and we still aren't gathered back together, we will do more outside stuff uh, responsibly with masks on and trying to create some social distancing. 80% of you said you were interested in it. So we'll make sure that that continues to happen. Y'all rocking with me? We good? All right. When rating the spiritual health of the church, here's where I'm a little concerned. One out of five was what you could rate. One being the worst and five being the best spiritually. 80% of people rated it as three to four. Praise God. That's, that's not too bad. I'd love to see four to fives, but praise God. 12% of people selected one or two. Now, I'm concerned by that and, and not concerned in a way that I'm going to beat you up. But I'm, I'm just saying that 12 percent that are saying, man, I'm I'm literally just hanging on spiritually. I profess faith in Jesus, but I feel like I'm not growing. I feel disconnected from the body. I don't feel like I'm I'm, I'm committed. I don't feel like I'm growing in my devotional life. That's a concern for me and, and Pastor Timmy. And so that's something we want to figure out how to create. And I was t- talking to Gabe about this earlier. I would love to figure out how to talk to that 12 percent. And, and get and, and hear what the stories are. And I don't know if it's the, the pandemic that has like rocked you in your spiritual life or if you just normally are kind of like this spiritually. Nevertheless, uh, we're concerned about about it. So 12 percent is, is not I would love to see that number be zero, but definitely a lot lower. So more to come on uh, your spiritual health and how well, you know, we as a church can help you to grow. When rating level of connection to the church body, this also was very concerning. 40% rated it as three. 25% rated it as two. 
15% rated it as one. So, so, so literally 25% and 15% are saying, I have no, no connection to the church body. And I get it, man. It's, you know, it's, it's the pandemic. We're not able, you know, it's something about the lobby, right? Where, yes, we have worshiped together when we were in person, but on your way out, connecting with people and getting to know people and exchanging information and going out for coffee, those are things that help the church to thrive. That's really Acts chapter two. Day by day, they broke bread together. And so that, that's kind of been stripped away from us, but we got to figure out ways in 2021 that people can feel more connected to the church. Obviously, the chat room ain't it. Like, I, I'm going to be honest. If I was in y'all's position, I, I'd be like, Pastor B said, rivers and water, and I'd be laying in the bed. But that's not really like, and I, I know that's what y'all doing to me. I, I know it. I know it. But, but that's, not really, that's not really connection. That's not, that's not always life-giving. And so we have to figure out ways that we can connect uh, you to the, the overall body. And so we'll, we'll, figure, we'll figure that out. And I get it. People are virtually fatigued. I still am. People are tired of being online because they're, they're there for work and uh, they're there for funerals and weddings. I mean, I did a wedding uh, not too long ago and camera was right there because half the family needed to be piped in. I, I, I get that. But we still have to, nevertheless, we can't uh, disconnect from community. Let me say this. One of our core convictions, I don't know if you picked this up, when I was reading them, one of them was community. Yeah. So we have to do better at that. All right. I'm hoping this, uh, this is Ed's laptop, and I'm hoping it doesn't close down on me. I keep fearing that it will, but he gave me his password. It's, I love Tisha, one, two, three. All right. Uh, most requested areas of support. Ed's going to kill me for that. Most requested areas of support. You guys have requested more biblical content, devotionals, and focused studies. A large percentage of you are asking for that. And so we have to do better with that. Um, I was on a men's call yesterday and shout out to all of the men that, that hung out uh, on that men's call and shout out to Ashton for, for leading us. Um, that's one of the things that the men were saying. I mean, we need more devotionals. We need, we need to beef up, you know, our, our, our biblical um, knowledge and understanding. And, and so we, we want to present more of that to you. And so please, please bear with us. We, we certainly have a lot more work to do in this area as well. More in-person events outside the church. I kind of mentioned that. You guys are requesting game nights or social events. I, I need to, I don't know if I fully understand uh, if that's virtual or if that's something like outside in person to person, but we'll, uh, I'll get a better understanding of that when I look closer at the survey, but you guys are requesting it, so we'll, we'll look into it. And the spiritual counseling. I don't know if you, you know, but we... I still do counseling. All of it's virtual. I don't meet with anybody live. I still do counseling to some degree. Um, I know Pastor Timmy still does counseling to some degree, but we also outsource counseling. If you need help and you, you're in the midst of this pandemic and emotionally you are a wreck, you need to reach out to us because we either we can do counseling here uh, as, as pastors or even our deacons can do counseling. But if you need uh, deeper help, we certainly could connect you to some professionals for counseling. So uh, please take advantage of it. You're requesting it, but it's actually there. It's available for you. So please take advantage of it. All right, I got to move quick here. Uh, men's and women's uh, ministry events. Uh, I, I know the men met yesterday. I know the women are always uh, preparing and planning something. So we will have more men's and women's uh, events for you guys. You guys are asking overwhelmingly for that.
All right, let me go over some attendance. But before I do that, let me, let me give a quick, quick disclaimer. Um, we broke up the attendance this year in really two different sections. Normally, if you were here, I would say, man, here's how we're tracking in terms of attendance. And you might be going, well, why are you counting attendance? Acts chapter 2, they said 3,000 people were added to the church. How did they know 3,000 people were added to the church unless Peter opened up his laptop and said, here's what attendance looked like. Boom, it just jumps up to 3,000 people. Um, so we, we do, we track attendance on a consistent basis. Tracking it online has been difficult. We have formulas that we try to track. Uh, we have, you know, some multipliers just in case people are in the house with watching one device and four people are watching. Uh, we do have some multipliers, but we broke it up into in-person attendance and online attendance. We're still trying to get a good handle on, on online attendance, but let me kind of give you a little bit of how our growth looks. All right, this is in person, okay? 2016 is when we started the church. 2017, we jumped to around 200 people. Uh, we had to move to two service. We moved in 2016 in the fall. We moved here. 2017, we had to move to two services in this building. In 2018, we moved to three services because we still weren't able to fit in two services. In 2019, you, you see some steady growth here. In 2020, I'm not sure what happened from 2019 to 2020, but um, growth shot up. So we were averaging somewhere over 400 people uh, in three services, which prompted us to, I mean, actively start looking for spaces. And I'll talk to you about that in a second. But here's what online attendance looks like. It's like all over the place. March is when we started online um, services. As you can see, March to April, which I suspected what happened, it our attendance shot up. Summertime, it dipped. It dipped low in the summertime. August and September were our lowest months. And uh, as you see, we're constantly back on a, a, on a, a gradual growth uh, up until December. So this is online averages. Uh, by the way, you know, as a church, you know, we talk with a lot of different churches and everybody we're trying to figure out, like, how do you track attendance online? It's extremely difficult. But shout out to Gabe. Gabe tracks all of this stuff, man. Y'all show Gabe some love. He tracks all this stuff and he, he does a phenomenal job. Uh, despite me always uh, fussing at him, he does such an amazing job. All right. So that's 2020. Let's move into 2021 and then I'll let you guys go. Hey, man, y'all y'all still okay in the chat room? I'm trying to see if y'all chatting. Okay, I see y'all. I see y'all. All right. All right, 2021 vision. Here's what I'm hoping we can do better at this year. Uh, discern when to gather responsibly. We, we still don't have a date to open back up, and uh, there's a few driving factors for that. Of course, we want to see what goes on with uh, the new administration. Um, it just seems like the numbers are still ticking up. December was a horrible month. I don't know if you guys are paying attention. After a while, it just feels like numbers, right? But these are people. These are people that are contracting uh, the disease and the death toll is just continuing to go up. And so we are not at a place where we even have a date yet. Uh, so we're, we're trying to see what's happening with uh, the, uh, the government is, is what they're saying, we're trying to see what's happening with the vaccine. And I get it. I know everybody ain't trusting the vaccine. Uh, some of us don't even get flu shots. And so um, that's not going to be our only driver. But also, we just want to hear from you and space. In fact, 
finding a larger facility is still a prime, uh, primary focus for us. In fact, uh, Gabe has shifted his responsibilities here at the church to being like almost full time at, at, uh, at helping us to find a facility. And we saw a couple of last week and we're still constantly looking. There's, there's a lot that goes into it, but we have some of the resources through our spread love and we're constantly looking. But I'll tell you this, we can't gather here. It's impossible for us to gather back in this space. Uh, we set it up to try to make it look a little cool online, but the reality is our, our square footage just isn't big enough for us to uh, be socially distant in a responsible way. So um, it's, it's primary, it's a focus of ours to find a larger facility in order to gather back again. Grow in discipleship. Yeah. This, this actually was on our um, Vision Sunday last year. I kind of just brought it over to this year because we still haven't grown in it. Uh, but by God's grace, we were able to bring Yolanda on. And so I think that is going to be one of the things that helps us. We have a dedicated person that's going to focus on discipleship. And I just want to challenge each of you that I want to challenge you to make sure that you are investing in your spiritual growth. You cannot invest in your spiritual growth by simply watching Sunday service. It's just not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to help you. You need some supplemental discipleship. Uh, I told the men yesterday, if Epiphany Church was like zapped back in the first century, if, if we just took Epiphany Church and put them in Corinth, not Corinth, they was messy, in Ephesus, if you just put, put us in Ephesus and said, all right, be a church, um, the lack of discipleship, I think, would cause any of the apostles to come and say, I don't know what y'all are doing. This ain't the church. Because the church thrives off of discipleship. The church thrives off of spiritual growth, and that happens through discipleship. So it's a focus of ours for 2021. Strengthening our men. This is no secret that our church is, is um, I don't know, we're, we're able to attract uh, women to the church, but it is extremely difficult to attract men uh, to the church. And I, t I actually on the men's call yesterday, I actually repented to the men. There's some of the guys that were in here that were on the call. I, I literally repented to the men because I feel like as a pastor, uh, I didn't set up enough tools for men to grow and for men to be engaged. Our last two um, membership classes, I was deeply concerned. Our last membership class had 16 women, zero men. The, the time before that, I think we had close to 16 women and like one or two guys. And I think one, the one or two guys were husbands of the, of the women that were joining. So, man, where are the men? Where are we at? You know, we, we need to be engaged and we need to be front and center. We, you know, I walk in the street sometimes and I see our young ladies and they're going, how, how can I serve? I've never got that question from one of our men. Never. And so we, we need to strengthen our men. And I think, you know, our kickoff call yesterday was was definitely foundational will help us to strengthen our men. Uh, spiritual discipline. We started off this year doing a fast, but I want to see, I mean, we're at the point now where like you shouldn't wait for a reset 2021 to fast. We're at the point now where you, you shouldn't wait for a Sunday morning to be spiritually disciplined. Like Monday through Saturday, the spiritual disciplines have to be in operations. Your devotional life has to be consistent. Your prayer life has to be consistent. It's too much junk around us. It's too much chaos around us, not to, for us to be consistent in our spiritual discipline. So I want us to grow there. 
growing our engagement with our kids. We are doing, we're setting up to do some new things with our, our children's ministry. Uh, many of you have kids, and even in the pandemic, some of you had babies, and we, we want to figure out better ways to engage uh, with our kids. All right, growing community, this was big for you guys, saying, you know, knowing each other, and, uh, and so small groups, and we, we, have, uh, we have a lot coming down the line, not way down, like within the next month or so, so please keep a lookout for small groups and some other community activities we'll be doing. All right, I got to finish up here. Hardship fund. I got to talk about the money. Um, I asked you guys in, I don't know, maybe it was April or May of last year, we started to notice all of the hardships around our community. And so we wanted to serve that. We believe as a church, you know, in city renewal. So how do we help people that have been laid off? How do we help people that can't get loans? And how do we help people that just can't make their, you know, their, their bills meet at the end of the month? New York is a very expensive place to quarantine, especially if you got laid off. So how do we help people? So we did a hardship fund. We asked you guys to give toward the hardship fund, and you did. I mean, you, you gave a great amount, and so I'm, I'm going to share with you what we've been doing with it. As a result of your contributions, we've distributed 18,000, a little over 18,000 so far to people that were affected by the pandemic. You did that. You did that. So I'm grateful. And, and, and there's more. There's more we can do. There's more resources. Like, I don't know any place that will beg you to make sure that you are getting the help you need. Beg you to please reach out to us. This is me saying if you have any hardship at all, any hardship. And here's the thing. You don't have to be a member of the church. Maybe your auntie that, that, that live in Park Slope, you know, she needs help and, uh, and, and, and you don't know where to get the resources. Hit us up because we want to, we want to help. So please go to the website. There's a little form that you can fill out. Uh, this is a passion of ours to make sure that people are getting the help that they need. And if you are a member, there are resources uh, available for you as well. All right, let me go over a little bit of the finances 2020, our internal goal was 600,000. What that means is every year we set a goal that we want to raise, that we want to gain in, uh, internally. So internal giving, we want to see our internal giving at a certain number. Uh, last year at this time, I stood before you and I said, hey, by the end of 2020, we, got, we really need to raise uh, 600,000 just for our general operations to keep the lights on, uh, paying staff, paying insurance, like all the things that we have to do on the business side, uh, we ask you to be generous in your giving. And so our goal was 600000 You brought in 681000 and $88,000 of it separate was in spread love. So, man, you guys, you guys certainly have been generous, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Almost done here, guys. We gave away $75,000 because remember, 11% of your giving goes back out. So the way we do that is 9% goes to supporting church plants around the world, but 2% goes to um, making sure that we are uh, seeking city renewal right here in Brooklyn. So 2% of your giving goes back into Brooklyn to make sure that we are investing here, whether that's through local businesses, uh, we've helped churches, and so 2% of your giving goes back here. I said this already, we gave more than 18,000 away in COVID-19 hardship fund. All right, so here's 2021. 
2021, our internal uh, giving goal is 800,000. You might be going, we in a pandemic. You trying to get an extra 200,000. Uh, I think we can do it. Uh, there's some rhythms and some, some algorithms that we've set in place that we think we can do it. But a lot of it is faith as well. And, and I'm not afraid to ask you guys for resources again because it's God's money anyway. Um, we still will give 11% away. So in other words, 9% will still go to supporting church plants around the world. I, I just think that the greatest way to evangelize a neighborhood is planting a church there. I mean, you can do it by yourself if you want to, but there's something when the local church builds community and spreads the gospel on their jobs and in their neighborhoods and in the buildings they live in. And so 9% continues to go to planting churches. 2% will be, re, uh, it's always redirected to support city renewal here uh, in Brooklyn. Let me just say this about our finances real quick as I land the plane. Um, we have a tight system. If those of you who, who are watching are going, ah, I ain't giving nothing. I got burnt before in the church. And unfortunately, I've heard that story so much that, you know, you've had a bad experience with the church abusing finances. Uh, for that reason, we have a very, very, very tight system with how we do our finances. And um, a lot of eyes go into it. We have a management team that literally approves our budget for the year and approves uh, our spending for the year. I, I couldn't just walk out and say, hey, let's get this building. I don't have that type of authority. But there is, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs, with many advisors, plans succeed. So something good, and this is good for your personal life. It's something good at having people around you that can pour in and weigh in. You know, we get really tight with our finances personally, but the reality is, you know, the Bible says guard yourself against greed. How, how, you know, it, it never says that about like adultery. The Bible don't say guard yourself against adultery, but it's almost like greed is one of those things and one of those sins that can go undetected. So the Bible says guard yourself against it. And so we have a tight system uh, with our finances. I personally don't even, like, if you give me a check, I'm going to say give it to Gabe. Like, I don't, I just don't handle the finances because I think it's very unhealthy to do so. All right, let's see what else we got. I think that's it. All right, that's it for our, uh, our vision for 2021. We are asking God to do a lot. We're, we're, we're really anticipating his, um, his hand, uh, to be honest. Nehemiah 2 says the good hand of the Lord was on us. And we pray that that would be the case in 2021. I want to simply end by doing communion. We told you guys that uh, every week now we will do communion. So I don't know if you have it prepared. If you have some crackers and some juice, you should, this would be a good time to get it. Let's play something soft. This would be a good time to get it. I'm trying to give you a second here. Next week, just if you're, if you're not prepared this week, next week we'll be doing it again. Let me read something real quick. Luke chapter 22 says, And the hour came, and he reclined at table, and the apostles with him. And they said, I have earnestly desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat, a, eat of it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he cooked, took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of it until the fruit of the vine to the king, kingdom of God comes. Here it is. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave thanks and saying, this is my body, which is given to you. 
do this in remembrance of me. Take, let's eat it together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Savior. Likewise, he took the cup after he had eaten and he said, this is the cup that is poured out for you. It's a new covenant in my blood. Take, let's drink it together. Father, I go back to the first song that we sang that we are in awe of you. We are mesmerized by your beauty. We are captured by your love for us. And, and you, you know what makes your love so dope? That you don't love people that are lovable. But you decided to look down and love people that were, as Ephesians 2 will say, enemies of you. And said, they don't even know that they need me. But I'm a lavish love on them. I'm going to give them grace. I'm going to give them mercy. And so, Father, we are in awe of how you save us. Father, as we talk about vision for this year, Father, we would be remiss if we didn't say, Father, if this is not according to your will, rip it up. Show us what is your will. Align us with your heart for your church so that we can be people that are spiritually growing, sharing the gospel to see more people come into the kingdom, living lives so that the world can see and have a model of what it looks like to have ethics and character and integrity and being nonviolent. Can you imagine the church would be the pillar, not the government? but the pillar of what unity and peace looks like. So Father, would you continue to build your bride? Would you continue to help us to look more like Jesus as we walk through such a hard life? It's in Christ's name we give glory. Amen.